Live from beyond the Beltway, this is Bruce Dumont with our weekly analysis of national politics, featuring occasional injections of rumor and innuendo, all offered up by our panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public servants, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight, featuring commentary by progressive Derek Addis, Republican commentator Stephanie Hitt, Republican U.S. Senate candidate from Illinois, Mark Curran, and Steve and Alicia Vernon, who are Trump supporters from the great state of Florida. Thanks very much for joining us tonight. We are live from our home studios at WCGO in Evanston, Illinois. Great to be with you. 1-800-723-8289 is the phone number. 1-800-723-8289. We were just commiserating with our guests this evening who are in studio about just what's happened in the last week. It is amazing what's happened, but we're going to talk about what's obviously been dominating the news uh, for the last uh, 72 hours, and that is um, the President of the United States, the health coming down with the COVID-19, along with the First Lady and several other uh, members of the uh, inner, inner party, inner team at the White House, as well as three United States senators, and we're going to talk about uh, what the impact of that means. And so we have a, we have a, we have a progressive, we have a conservative and I want to begin by talking about just uh, from a political standpoint, Derek Addis, let me ask you, um, uh, you're, you're a progressive. When we first met, you were an independent. I th- still think you're an independent. Yeah. But every time you open your mouth, you sound like a liberal Democrat. You're certainly a progressive. Sure. Uh, you, you, you were big for Bernie Sanders. You still like Bernie Sanders. Yep. But tell me, how does the illness of the president affect the campaign in your view? I, I don't know. Uh, I think it's all still yet to be seen how his health uh, transpires or like how this all is going to go. So, you know, it's hard to speculate without really knowing his actual state. I mean, I know that, you know, and this may be a media making a big thing out of nothing with the whole how the doctor mixed up the, the hours and the days and all that stuff. Um, I like to wait for the truth to come out as best as possible before I kind of figure out what I want to say about it. Um, but it does have implications because everybody's watching. Stephanie, hit your reaction. I'm sure you've already heard from all your liberal friends who say, yep. I told you so. Yeah, ex- well, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, on the other hand, uh, we're seeing uh, the, the problems that face this country, uh, real life, up hand, up close. And now the president is going to live it out for us. And in, a way, in many ways, he has this opportunity to show us how he you know, his his empathy now for the people who have gone through this and how he intends to see all of us through this end- pandemic, that how he does it and how he's going to deal with it is going to be an example for how he's going to lead the country out of this. So he has are that you, opportunity. Are you worried that he's going to try, he's spending so much time trying to prove himself that he feels well. In fact, this afternoon, yeah. he got into a motorcade. He went out and he, and he spoke through, he, he had his mask on, he spoke through the glass, uh, he, he went yeah. out to the visitors and the pro- and the uh, supporters that were outside the hospital. I mean, are you fearful that uh, he, he may not be listening to the doctors and may not be resting as much as perhaps he should because he wants right. to prove how virile he oh, is? Oh, I, I think, uh, well, I think what he, may, some people will say he wants to prove how virile he is and maybe he's trying to hide something by being this way. I think that he really is uh, out there wanting to show that he's going to fight this and he wants to fight for people and what a fighter is. I have no doubt that he's disregarding 
the best, you know, bedside advice of his doctors. Um, well, how does that make Donald you feel? Trump. How, and, does that make uh, you, how does that make you feel? Do I think he's reckless? No. Um, and that's what a lot of people are saying that he is. Um, I think that he has a warrior spirit. And, you know, we've been together on these shows for years and years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was not Donald Trump's biggest fan five years ago. I know. And um, I've I've come around to see that that warrior spirit is something that um, Americans have been starved for for a long time. And he's got it. And Derek, how do you react from 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 your your you're a different generation? Yeah. Uh, you're a different generation from Stephanie. You're a different generation a little from bit. me. It's a little bit. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Uh, what, what What are they saying? Are, are, are there friends of yours, would you admit, are there friends of you, uh, friends of yours that are happy that this happened to the president? Uh, nobody that I've talked to is happy. Um, everyone does mention it's it's quite ironic, right? Uh, the for, irony. Yes. It's the irony, right? It's and. Irony. And I mean, I've seen uh, the rhetoric online from some people um, and everyone's, you know, saying, you know, how dare you wish, you know, ill upon this person. You know, you're supposed to be. Well, when they're talking about the blue team, they're saying, you know, these people are supposed to you portray yourself as the most kind and the most, you know, all this stuff. Compassionate. Compassionate. Yeah, that's the word. Um, And yeah, I mean, it is bad form to now, you know, parade in the street and dance, you know, because this person got sick. But I think it is fair to acknowledge that. You know, the way he well, talked about it previously yeah. to now, it's like, oh, well, it happened to you. So right. I would hope that, to your point, uh, that he kind of empathizes with people now more right. than he was doing well, before. And there's there's another uh, important thing that I've, I I missed in the, my opening comment, and mm-hmm. that is uh, we Americans are not the only audience. Right. We have a whole world of enemies, actually, out there. I mean, Donald Trump, and he made that very clear in that four-minute video that he had, is that this is this is something that involves the whole world, and hopefully he can lead the whole world. But on the other hand, what, you know, it is important, and there's no doubt people have shown this as presidents over the years, is we have some very excitable enemies, like China, North Korea, you know, Russia, you name it. Yeah. Who I mean, you don't you don't think Putin wouldn't be doing the same thing. So the other thing is showing that he's still in control, that he's fully in capacity. Mm. I think one of the things that they were pushing for in the questions about his oxygen is people want to know, was this president at ever any point in time unconscious or unable to, you know, to perform his duties? And that's a very important thing that he make it very clear to not just our country and his supporters, but to the people watching in the world stage. Is this man going to keep America safe? Is he going to be able to keep running America? Right. Derek? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, uh, yes, for the people who are looking for him to be a leader, yeah, they want to know that he's still fit to lead. And then obviously for the people who no longer want him to be the leader, I mean, they're looking for a way to, you know. Last yeah. Last week, if we got together, everyone would have been speculating about whether Joe Biden was was old and feeble and right. how he was going to react and whether or not he was having acts of senility and Alzheimer's. Uh, that that was a race with the debate uh, come come Tuesday night. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest and say I was I was pretty surprised uh, and impressed by Joe Biden's performance. I mean, you know, throughout the primary, I was. Um, yeah, I was a little ticked off that, you know, they were hiding him from from, you know, public 
public, uh, public from the public eye, uh, and there really wasn't much to go on as far as him being a candidate. Whereas, like my chosen candidate, Bernie Sanders, is out there all the time having rallies, you know, really fighting for these even votes. Even with a heart attack. And even when he had the heart attack, you know, really fighting for these votes, and uh, you know, for the DNC to kind of have their their golden calf just kind of chilling in the back and you know polishing him up and just waiting. Um, but nonetheless, he came out and he he did well on the main stage uh, in that aspect. Uh, what. Regardless of what you think about the debate, he did better than most people expected. I, I, I think that he showed that he could stand up there for 90 minutes. That There's was, no yeah. doubt. No water? I didn't um, see any water. And, and, <laughs> and he did show that there were times where he seemed to be focused. But he also, and even Chris Wallace, a lot of people are very confused with Biden because he still didn't seem to understand his positions right, and where he stood a, on we've things. Got we've got a pause. We've got a pause. Well, let there you, you go. We're, we're going <laughs> to yeah. let you come back. I'm Bruce Dumont, back shortly, 1-800-723-8289. For some, news is about their opinions. We believe the news should give you the facts without bias, so you can form your own. We believe in news, not talk. Facts, not opinions. News Nation is on every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America to give you the information you need. Everyone calls it the news, but we'll actually deliver on it. Seven nights a week in primetime. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. News Nation. It's your news, your nation. We are the boy Your tween made you see. We are the boy It's painful concert number three. We are the boy band. We're five and 19. We are the boy band. Always singing on key. You love your kids enough to take them to see their favorite uh, band. Love them enough to make sure they're buckled up in the back seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Bruce Dumont back on Beyond the Beltway. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, uh, had the president not gotten sick, there would have been more discussion of, of the debate. And, and one of the points... Uh, and this was made uh, right after the debate, uh, Derek, and that is that uh, uh, Biden backed away from some of the the stronger pro-Bernie positions. And I was thinking, frankly, I was thinking of you and people like you. And I'm I'm wondering on the on the night of the debate when you were watching it, yeah, were were you cognizant of the fact that he seemed to be throwing you guys under the bus? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think in this man's mind, he truly believes that he won that primary without any help, like. You know, he doesn't acknowledge. I mean, you know what? I Biden would go a lot farther with me if he came out and said, you know what? There was a concerted effort with all of these powerful people in the party um, to get me to get me on the ballot as as the candidate. Um, and and then now knowing that he needs to court these voters who everybody blames for Hillary losing, which I think is B.S., uh, to go out on more than one occasion and to, you know, say I beat the socialists. To, so to use the rhetoric of the other team. Right. Uh, and then to just, you know, again, just to discount everything that we were fighting. He for. said, I am the party. And he said, I okay. am the party, which is ironic, because if you look at the party platform now, based upon what it yeah. was in 2016, Bernie Sanders, like not single handedly, because obviously it was a movement, but they moved the platform to what it is today. So well, for Bernie Biden Sanders to say and Warren. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it is Warren. Well. The Green yeah. New Deal is in there. Yeah. So there's a lot um, of stuff. In whatever there. he want to call it. I mean, sure. You're yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, and again, yeah, so I, I really wish he wouldn't do that. I wish he'd stop doing that. Uh, it makes it harder for people like me to go and vote for him. And, you know, in the same way that uh, I guess Hillary was banking on, you know, orange man bad kind of thing to get people to vote for her, uh, Biden needs to not bank on that because we already saw what happened uh, the last right. time. 
How important is it to your followers? Uh, when I say your followers, Bernie's followers. Your personal followers, now that you're the, the spokesman for it, your version of the Democratic <laughs> sure. Party. Um, the fact that the president is, is, is withdrawing troops and is disengaging in military actions. Mm. What slice yeah. of the Bernie bros are are turned on by that issue more than economic justice issues? I, I mean, again, I, I I don't want to come on here and purport that I speak for all of no. these people. But, I mean, for me personally, I'll speak for Derek. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll give kudos when it's due. Uh, I think the demilitarization of the world in general is, is, is a good thing. And I think America, as having the best fighting force in the world, I mean, I always look to the top. For change to happen that disseminates on down so for america to you know start start withdrawing these troops from these places that's something that i appreciate and that i that i will respect well now it, are you let me ask yeah. you for republicans and yeah. and some pro trump people are you worried that when the president goes on and on about uh some of the things he's doing in the criminal justice field although he certainly he didn't remember them uh, at the debate <laughs> Uh, are you worried that he sometimes or criticizes Joe Biden about the, you know, the, the, the crime bill of 1994? Are you worried that that uh, Trump is coming across maybe a little too liberal, a little, uh, you know, uh, pro-social warrior than uh, a I, lot of his supporters would like? Not necessarily. I don't think the su- supporters in general are worried about that. One thing we have to remember about Donald Trump is that he wasn't always a Republican. Mm-hmm. Um, he does have some... Not, I won't say lefty sides, but he's got some leftover vestiges of having been a Democrat. And I think one of the things is, um, you know, some some of those things, especially the uh, the demilitarization aspect of him. Uh-huh. Um, sort of going back to the question you had with Derek, and that is um, now that there are some people within the Republican Party that feel like maybe we've been too dominated by the industrial military, military complex industri- yeah. and the pro-war hawks um, mm-hmm. that that in the Republican Party we've always been that seem to have benefited from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the flip side, at least in the military community, you know, having as we have military members in our family now, what we are seeing is that despite his withdrawal and in a way the military, he's gained a lot of respect among the military. And part of it is because he, while still withdrawing us and sort of getting us out of some of these conflicts, he's also spending a lot of time and energy building do you our think, defenses and building our military do you and think investing he, in them. Do you think he was hurt by the article in the Atlantic where those no. uh, horrible things were said no. about the military? Nobody believes You don't think it. anybody believes that at uh, all? If they did, they weren't pro-Trump. They don't understand Trump. I mean, again, as... You know, with military in our family and law enforcement in our family, which those two are very closely aligned. Sure. Um, The um, no, no, nobody believed it. No one believed it. And they they just said they're they're you know why? And you'll hear this over and over from a lot of Trump supporters. His actions are what we pay attention to, not his words. Well, that's the thing. Uh, I, I think this man plays every room that he's in. Uh, and you know now we live in the digital age where there's cameras or and yeah. you know recording devices more than there were before. Uh, I don't know if he said those things. I wasn't in the room when they were uh, alleged to be said. But I do get the impression that he believes that people are to be used as pawn pieces in a game that he plays. 
Mm. Uh, and when I when you talk about the actions, you know, oh, it's grandiose. It's always, yeah. of course, the actions are in front of a, a big stage. Uh, and then in the background, he does whatever he wants, like plays golf or, you know, just chills half the day. Right. Which mm. we know that's what he does. I mean, we can see him on the golf course. Uh, so uh, to the point of the of the military appreciating Trump for some of the things that he's doing. Uh, me personally, what I remember about a lot of the people I served with was that none of us wanted to be fighting these things in the sense right. like less war is what we want. We want right. to serve. And when we're called to serve, we're ready to go and we're ready to like do would, our and thing. And I would think you would you would like that. I think right. that is something. Yeah. And, and that... so. So, yeah, I, I it is true that, you know, lessening the right. military operations around the world is something that military people is like, it, right? But, is it clear to either of you what the Joe Biden position would be on when he would use military uh, action? No. In what capacity? In Not any a, capacity. Not at all. I, well, here's what I've realized, too. I, I think we give too much power to the commander in chief in the sense that, like, that person is the one making the decisions. I think that person signs Right. They signs the, the line when it needs to be signed, when it needs a signature or something, or they give yeah. the final go ahead. Mm -hmm. But there's a whole team of military leadership who are the ones who are saying these are the strategic decisions we should be making. Uh, and then obviously, you know, the commander in chief will well, say, yeah, yeah. Does, it worry, does it does it worry you then? And again, I, sure. I, I'm not quite sure where your answer might be on this, but sure. uh, it was well reported that Joe Biden was against the raid that got Osama bin Laden. Uh, so there was a tepidness there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Does that worry you? I mean, you're you're a military yeah. veteran. I mean, yeah. no, is I, that good or and also he he took a swipe at the president when the president uh, uh, got the the Iraqi general. I mean, he thought that yeah. was a bad idea. Yeah, I think yeah. I think both of those were done for optics. I think we've always known where Bin Laden was at for quite some time, and it was just a mm -hmm. matter of do we do another thing that could potentially destabilize another region or not, right? And I. It's it's hard to say in one breath, we have the best fighting force in the world. Nothing gets past us. We can do anything. And then it's like, well, we have no idea where this man's at. You know, with yeah. all of our capabilities, all our satellites, all of our intel, I, I believe that they we knew where he was at. They were watching him. And then it was a matter of optics, you know, the right time to get bin Laden. And then the same thing with Soleimani uh, optics. Well, you know, one of the things that you, you know, you brought up the word tepid. And I think that's, you know, we're hearing these kind of concerns about these you know, undecided voters and um, mm -hmm. uh, in in the Biden case is that he is tepid. He he wants to play it safe. And I think that what we're seeing is someone who's a leader that that doesn't lead, but just kind of safely glides from one thing to another. And for what love him or not, Donald Trump is not a glider. He is very decisive. But are the, Amer but are the American people are, are the American people generally gliders i mean would, would they rather get along and go along and i'm i'm, I'm talking to about a point until something like 911 happens well yeah and, and, and then 911 we're not gliders we're warriors we defend americans we're patriots up until the point well I, and look i and i'm just probably gonna piss right. a lot of people off but only one percent has ever served and so everybody wants to fight right. until it's time to sign up right so right. i think americans need to and many chill did after 911 and many did, many did i was one of them that. right yeah. but, but i think we need to relax on this whole intervention, this war thing. Again, 9-11 wasn't an intervention, right. but Iraq was, right? 
And everything that we've gotten into, not everything, but a lot of the things that we've gotten into in the past, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 years, a lot of these little operations have been interventionist things. And I, w- I, I wish Americans would not be so like, like, why do we always want to fight everything? Like, you catch more flies with honey, right? Like, right. let's try some honey. You know what I mean? Like, did we, you, we can do in, it. in your case, did yeah. you join because of 9-11? I joined because I had few options and I didn't come from money. Interesting. Okay. I, obviously, I wanted to serve my country, yeah. and you know, I I felt like uh, education was something that I didn't feel should have been so expensive, and so I felt, you know, and this yeah. is such a crude thing to do, but I said my life is worth uh, healthcare, education being paid for, living expenses, no. you know, like that kind the of benefits. Thing. The benefits, yeah. Okay, let's did go to you, calls. Uh, did you find you became you know what, what, patriotic? Yeah, no. I mean, if it wasn't, yeah. Oh, of course. Originally, oh, generated. Yeah, and, and you know yeah. what? Oh, of course. And 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 you know, I again, I don't want to like. I am. I I love this country. I I yeah. served my country. I'm American to the core. And that's not to say that I only join for the benefits. Obviously, knowing going in that you would give your life for your country, that before you you raise your hand, patriotism has to be one of, if not the leading factor in you joining. Right. For me, at least, it was right. Yeah. So you agree. I believe yes, I do. I mean, I I I see that you know as I watch my daughter go through her training and her work towards becoming an officer, mm-hmm. um, and I meet many of her fellow you know cadets and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, I see that you know there's a lot of things that bring people into the military. Right. You're right, but one thing that they learn from day one is um, why you're serving, yep. what you're serving, and who's gone before you. Yeah. And you realize that the you know the 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 long blue line and things like that that sure. those are those are important and they do become the dominating factors. We've got a pause one eight hundred seven two three eighty twenty nine from coast to coast and border to border. I'm Bruce Dumont. Back shortly. Opinions are everywhere when you watch the news, but what about your opinion? Why can't you just get the facts to decide for yourself? News Nation is on every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America, a nightly newscast in primetime that doesn't tell you what to think. Seven nights a week, News Nation will deliver you news, not talk. Facts, not opinions. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. It's your news, your nation. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me, but I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Bruce Dumont back. Thanks very much for joining us. 1-800-723-8289. We're now going to let each of our guests take a moment to introduce themselves, and we'll begin with Stephanie Hitt. I'm Stephanie Hitt. I am a reformed lawyer, thank goodness, and a mother of four children. I've been a political activist here in the this lovely town of Evanston, where we're broadcasting from, uh, for a long time. You just live a few blocks away. I just live a few blocks away. Uh, come on over. Oh, look. And um, <laughs> but I still drove Don't here. Don't say that. <laughs> and I still drove. And I've been an activist. I'm a member of various boards and organizations, and I'm a, a commentary writer. You can read some of my writings at uh, theamericanthinker.com. And um, 
And I have a board uh, presentation coming up for an organization, uh, Women of Vision Chicago. We're doing a, an event on Tuesday. Socialism, can it come here? <laughs> okay. If you're interested. And Derek Addis. How about that segue? Um my name is Derek Addis. Uh, I've served two tours in Iraq. Um, I'm a DePaul MBA. Um, I founded Philomathy Digital Media Marketing. Um, I help grow brands. Uh, and I started my own show, uh, you know, based upon my interactions with Bruce, he kind of inspired something in me. It's called The DA Perspective. You can find it on Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube. And how often do you do the show? Um, so to be honest, uh, it's it's sparing. I, I wish I could get on a better schedule, but I try to do at least something every Saturday. Uh, the past two months, I'm opening a business in San Antonio, so it's kind of working through a few things. But okay. I, I will be live streaming the vice presidential debate and the next presidential oh, debate okay. if they happen in the same fashion we did the the past debate. Yeah. And you will and you will uh, do you invite buddies over and you just sit around and talk about it? Yeah. So I finally got my two buddies to oh. come sit down the, oh. for the last one, uh, yeah. and so we're hoping to do so that. So it's again. like this show, only different buddies. Different yeah, buddies, yeah. Exactly. Different buddies, yeah. I'm waiting for my invitation. I, you know what, Bruce? I, I will have you on my show soon. Are, are cocktails a... involved? Actually, this last time there were yeah, cocktails. Okay. Yeah, there see, see, what, party. see what you can do when when you're on the internet. You, I can, know. you can swear. You can <laughs> oh, commentary. That's, that's my favorite part. And you're gonna and you're going to just to confirm. Yeah. You're doing it. Uh, People will be able to go and watch the debate, yep. and then they'll be able to, to sound off by yep. going to the DA perspective. Yeah, if you go to the DA perspective now, uh, you'll see the format. I pull in the live feed from uh, the debate, so we uh -huh. don't talk over the candidates. We kind of like, you know, yeah. un under our breath real quick, you know, the laughs and all that stuff. But during commercial breaks, however, there was none this last time. Um, right. But that's when we'll do our little side commentary and stuff. So yeah, and you'll see us the whole time as well. Mystery okay. Science Theater. Mystery, yeah. kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be. I'm sure. I'm sure that happens all the time. Let's yeah. go to Jerry. We were going to go to him before the break. Jerry is core, uh, calling from Oregon. Uh, Jerry, are you there? Yeah, I'm still here. Whereabouts in Oregon are you from? Um, I live in uh, Roseburg, Oregon. Okay, uh, well, very good. Hello, Oregon. Hopefully you're a longtime listener to the show out there. Yeah, I've been listening for a long time. I enjoy, the, I enjoy your show. Thank you. You have a comment to make. You've got a military story for us. Well, I just I just wanted to, uh, when you guys were talking about uh, uh, the comments Donald Trump made about the uh, the uh, military, the military no. people, uh, the yeah. military people were being suck suckers and lasers. Yeah, uh, and. Uh, you guys were having trouble believing that he would say that. And I just brought me back to when he was talking about John McCain hmm. and being a POW and he wasn't a hero. He was captured. And I like people who weren't captured and how Trump had an opportunity to serve in the military, but he got out of it uh, because of his bone spurs. And uh, I just don't have any trouble believing that story about him calling uh, the dead in uh, France that were buried there, they were suckers and losers. I don't have any trouble believing that at all. All that is out there in the news already about it. All right, stand by. Uh, Stephanie, oh, stand on. Right. Stephanie, I want to go to you because uh, you were a delegate for John McCain. For John you McCain. got involved in politics because you like John McCain. So yeah. tell us about your your evolution because the person that you admired greatly uh, was besmirched greatly by, right, by Donald right. Trump. Well, you know, um, 
John John McCain did serve this country honorably, and there's some wonderful things about him. Um, and nobody, I mean, I think we all can sit here and agree that uh, you know his what he did as a POW, how he refused to let himself be returned until the last POW had been returned. I mean, no doubt an honorable leader in that prisoner of war camp, and he served his country well. Um, that doesn't mean that it, he was necessarily the um, most honorable politician later on in life. And I think one of the things about that Atlantic article, and, and really the, the gist of that article, is about the hatred that the two men have for each other. There's no – and so I think in a way um, somebody, the writer, took advantage of the, the, the great dislike. And, and, and I will agree the inappropriate comments that Trump made um, and – Part of that was due to his great dislike of John McCain. Um, and But how did you – my question was how, how did you make the flip? How because did I make again, the flip? If, I will be dead honest. I, I was so. disgusted by his treatment of Sarah Palin. Uh, not that – John McCain's. John, John McCain's and, okay. and how they treated her on the campaign trail and after the campaign trail. Um, he ba- The campaign basically blamed her – for their loss. And one of the things that's important to know is that that campaign, and I'll admit it now, was was on, uh, it needed some life support. Uh, it just didn't have a lot of enthusiasm. And I mean, again, sort of like Biden, we have this very honorable man who's been in Washington for a long time, mm-hmm. and it's kind of his turn. And that's really how people felt. Mm-hmm. Um, and she brought to the campaign an energy and an enthusiasm that was not coming to that campaign. Okay. Uh, and he threw her under the bus afterwards. Um, and because of that, you, you flipped? Okay, I that, think that, he that, misunderstood what conservatism a, really that's was. An, uh, yeah. And obviously his political career, I mean, he, he spent the rest of his life getting back at Donald Trump, including yes. the, to the even beyond the, beyond the grave. Yes. Jerry, thanks very much for your call. By the way, uh, uh, just give, give us a sense, because there's been a lot of publicity and focus on, on Oregon, both Portland and also, uh, you know, the, the horrible fires you've had out there. So the state of Oregon is, has been taking it on the, on the chin considerably in, in the recent weeks and months. Yeah, it has. Uh, the fires have been really bad, and, and uh, Portland, the riots have been bad, too. And, and uh, uh, basically, with all that rioting in Portland and stuff like that, the peace, I'm, I'm, all, I'm in favor of you know, peacefully uh, protesting, but I'm not in favor of uh, any, anybody going out and destroying buildings and killing people and stuff like that. But, right. yeah, we've been in the news. Are there are the there are there people that uh, are there people in in Oregon who are your friends and neighbors are are they getting um, uh, are they getting impatient with the president talking about the problem out there and wish that maybe the president could do or should do more than he has been doing other than rhetorically? Well, I'm uh, in a pretty conservative area here in uh, in Roseburg and stuff, and so I'm pretty much outspoken so he's got a lot of support around here where i live mm-hmm. uh i supported what he's doing where i live <laughs> okay well, well listen how, thank how you about, for oh, your go ahead thank right, you one question go about ahead. uh in portland itself with the you know i mean how do people feel do people in the more conservative parts of oregon are they frustrated with the more liberal mayor and policies yeah. in portland and do they see that as like the problem for oregon um 
I, I think the people around here in Roseburg, you know, I'm I'm a couple hours away from Portland, so mm-hmm. I'm not there. But uh, I think the people here in Roseburg, they uh, they are. This is a timber uh, a timber state, and uh, they're uh, pro timber here, and uh, and uh, having trouble <laughs> getting my thoughts together. Okay. But uh, right. anyway, they they <laughs> are they are unhappy. They are unhappy with the governor here. Yep. Uh, I I think she's done a good job with the COVID uh, nineteen response, and uh, I think she's keeping us safe as far as that is. But uh, there's a lot of dislike for around where I am. But okay. uh, are good points or bad points. Listen, good. Uh, thanks for your call. We've we've been on uh, that station for a long, long time, and it's good to have a call from Oregon tonight. Let's go back to Chicago, where Eduardo is listening to us. He's got a comment. Go ahead, Eduardo. Yeah, thank you, Bruce. Uh, this is for the entire panel. Uh, I come under the opinion that uh, the president's uh, biggest advisor is talk radio. And I wonder if you agree with that. How does that hurt him with independence, you know, people that don't listen with uh, talk radio? Uh, I think you're right. I think it's primarily uh, Sean Hannity yeah. and uh, those over at Fox News. I don't think it's... Uh, too many others. I don't think he's necessarily following the advice of uh, uh, Tucker Carlson or even uh, uh, Ben Shapiro, who uh, I think are a little more objective in, in some of the things that they suggested the president. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's uh, I, 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 I'm concerned that he's that he will not be able to expand his base. Yep. And and uh, winning the election that he won in 2016 uh, was remarkable. I think it will be a bigger surprise if he wins re-election because he is not in my view he has not expanded his base and uh, if you don't expand your base and you keep talking to the uh, to the converted all the time i think it's why he continues to have you know problems with uh, with allegedly with independent voters and i say allegedly because we will not know uh, right, until until uh, election well, day and, but, but I- also keep in mind that uh, and this is what i keep saying that I don't think he's I don't think he's a goner yet politically because a hundred million people did not vote now within those hundred million people are there are there's a is there a large number of people who didn't vote for him last time because they were worried about him and are those people still worried about him or do they now still do they now love him and are they going to turn out we don't know that Back shortly from Evanston, Illinois. You should form your own opinions when you're presented facts without bias. That's what we call news. Every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America, news has a new primetime home. News Nation. Without all the talk and without an opinion, so you can make yours. It's not how it used to be. It's how it should be. News Nation. Seven nights a week on WGN America. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. Because it's your news, your nation. Who said that? Me, down here. What are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. What are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. It's been a long time since we've had an adventure in the forest. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. You're right. I should get out. Yeah, the forest is not that far away. Hey, Mom! Come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. 
Bruce Dumont back in Evanston, Illinois. Thanks for joining us. 1-800-723-8289. We got a we got a uh, email message from Doug Dunlop, who's a regular listener. He uh, and he says Trump should follow Bruce. Bruce is balanced in his opinions. So there you go. I would agree. If, yeah. if the president had followed <laughs> my advice years ago, he would be in much better shape than he is right well, now. And you've never held back on advice. You've, no. I remember I, I, a lo- Obama, you gave him a lot of advice. I, I, and... I give people advice regardless of their yeah. party and how well I feel. I just lay it out there. I think he's, right. you know, he's, you know, I'm going to say this and, and, and maybe in a, in a month I will regret saying this because it's, <laughs> it's more like a post-mortem. But I will say that I think the the way in which Donald Trump was able to to tap in uh, to the mood of the country uh, yes. three and a half years ago was miraculous. It 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 is a historic thing that he did, uh, and a lot of people put a lot of effort and a lot of themselves and a lot of their hopes and dreams into Donald Trump, and I think. That for the most part, I think Donald Trump, um, uh, he he squandered away. He squandered it away. He didn't realize the degree and the intensity of the people and what they had placed in him. And had he shown a little more discipline, and I don't just mean right. you know on, on on Twitter, had he shown a little more discipline, mm-hmm. I think his reelection road would have been easier. And uh, now, again, it may still may still turn out to be a victorious reelection effort, but I don't think it's been an easy, easy one. I think and, uh, yeah. that's un- that's I, unfortunate. I, I know what you mean, Bruce. I mean, I'm you know, again, I was I, w- I came over to the Trump side. I wasn't that, per- you know, mm-hmm. I wasn't necessarily throwing all my hopes and dreams into Trump. But mm-hmm. as these years have gone by and I have seen how for whatever reason, he's this lightning rod. And how he has drawn out these very deep-seated uh, feelings against conservative values, against conservatives in this country. He has sort of opened up, maybe it was a Pandora's box, but at least revealed the curtain. I will tell you now that there are, I am getting phone calls over the last few months of people who voted for Hillary, who are now voting for Trump. And so if you ask me my anecdotal evidence... I think he has expanded some of his base because people are seeing in many ways a very, very different direction that the left wants to take this country. Mm -hmm. And they see and they're putting their hopes into Donald Trump as the one person who is standing between them Mm -hmm. and maybe socialism or the great changes in our our country. You have across the aisle right now. A very progressive, uh, yeah. You have yeah. a progressive, and he wants to change the country. I do. How do you? <laughs> yeah. How I do. do you no. want to? No. no <laughs> let's let's let's. How do you want to? We'll continue it in the yeah. next segment. Yeah. But what are some of the base? What are this? Well, what are the top three things? All right, you want well, let's to talk about how about right America. now Walter Reed Hospital, the leader of the free world, is getting the best medicine, the best care. He's getting experimental, experimental. drugs. Yes. He's getting, and who's paying for all that? Well, taxpayers. Of course, all of us. So taxpayers. why can't we all have that same thing? Well, who, now that's funny that you say that because yeah. I think what we're going to learn from this, and if Donald Trump is is smart, you know, he doesn't always do what we'd like him to do. Sure. Um, he's going to be able to say, hey, this works. I want 
everyone no, to have it. I want to no, go back. I want to make sure. I want to go. I want to go back to you, and I want you to continue uninterrupted. Sure. Tell us what you want. <laughs> oh, tell us what you yeah. want to do. Tell yeah, us what so you want I, to do. I do. I, I, so healthcare I, for everyone. Well, yeah, and here's the thing. I, I don't like the term free healthcare um, because it, not, there's no free lunch in economics, right? Uh, we're already all paying for this, you know. So when I talk about demilitarization, uh, and again, this is a word defund, right? It gets like mm-hmm. all crazy. It's reallocation of resources that are already there, right? I, we're already paying for our own healthcare. I'd like to pay for everyone to have healthcare that we're already mm-hmm. paying with our taxes. I think that's that's fair. We have enough to go around. Um, again, when I talked about joining the military because the price of education has skyrocketed in the mm-hmm. past 40, 50 years, um, to no uh, fault of those who are wishing to be educated at a higher level, um, I would like for you know tuition to be fixed in a fashion, you know, whether the answer is, you know, uh, again, the word free, uh, but taxpayer subsidized uh, education, or if it's some other form of cap on how much uh, they could charge for education, you know, something needs to be done with education in, in mm-hmm. the United States. Right. So healthcare, education, uh, and then you know, I, and I don't know how progressive of, of a platform this is, but I really think that uh, some substantial immigration policy needs to be put in place. I mean, we've been, you know, we still have the DACA people, you know, still fighting for citizenship. What should happen to them? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we have not heard. I mean, much Chuck Schumer forgot about them. So. Right. Yeah, and and you know what. Uh, it's it's a tough thing, but I'll, I'll say this: If you were brought here as a child of no fault of your own, you shouldn't be used as a political football right now, right? Now we have people. You know, again, Should the parents be penalized in some way? So, you know, it's one of those things where I, 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 I my my initial reaction is to say no, right? Based mm-hmm. upon you know we have uh, what are they called? Where time lapses, you know, and you can't be. Uh, Charge for a crime? What is that called? Statue of limitations. limitations yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So we we have this thing in law that's statue of limitations, right? And so we get to decide what that applies to, right? So, in the same breath, maybe some compassionate use of that should be uh, given to these families, right? They came here for a reason, for a better life. The same reason why we all want to be here and why right. we fight to keep America, America, right? Yes, it's wrong. Let's stop it now for the new people coming in. But let's take care of the people now who are here and paying taxes. And part of our communities, and you know, right. like, like, let's let's show some compassion. Yeah. Should they? Um, would you like to see the National Democratic Party uh, be able to delineate between the dreamers and those who are the schemers that are still trying to get into the country? The dreamers. That's that's the so question. The, I got. We yeah, got a go break. Ahead. Think yeah. about it. Sure. Yeah. In the next hour, we're going to be joined by Mark Curran. He is the former sheriff of Lake County, which is a major county just north of Chicago. He is now the Republican candidate against Dick Durbin for the United States Senate. If you love or hate Dick Durbin, you may love or hate Mark Curran. And he will join us in the next hour. And again, we're going to also hear some for some folks from the great state of Florida. I'm Bruce Dumont. Don't go away.
For some, news is about their opinions. We believe the news should give you the facts without bias, so you can form your own. We believe in news, not talk. Facts, not opinions. News Nation is on every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America to give you the information you need. Everyone calls it the news, but we'll actually deliver on it. Seven nights a week in primetime. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. News Nation. It's your news, your nation. Jill, why don't you tell the class what you did this weekend? Well, my dad and I went in search of some magical minnows and found a zillion of them in the stream from our lookout rock. Then my sister and I escaped from an evil slug king and went back to my super twig fort for safety. Then we told stories till it got dark and the Big Dipper led us all the way home. Where were you, Jill? We went to the forest. It's not that far away. Ask your parents to take you and your friends to the forest this week. It's closer than you think. Check out discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Matt always knew he wanted to be a doctor. That's why he makes the most of every day. To study before breakfast. To work hard. To do whatever was necessary to achieve his goal. He found an answer in the military. If you have a passion, a vision for your future in any field, todaysmilitary.com can be your path to a fulfilling career. You have a calling. We have an answer. Find your way at todaysmilitary.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career I can be proud of and supporting my family. America's veterans are on their most important tour, the tour of their lives. I'm a veteran. My victory was going from homeless to home. At DAV... We're on a mission to help veterans get the benefits they've earned. I'm a veteran, and my victory was finishing my education. DAV offers veterans of all generations a lifetime of support for victories great and small. My victory was proving that disability is not a limitation. My victory was getting my service dog a new best friend. We help more than a million veterans every year as they face and conquer their challenges. My victory is being able to be there for my family. When America's veterans win... We all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Standing up for what's right. Helping out when things go wrong. Seeking the truth and speaking our minds. Not just making records, but breaking them. Leading the way behind the camera, beyond the runway, and on the silver screen. Not just making our mark, but making a difference Now that's a job for a Girl Scout. Girl Scouts, preparing girls for a lifetime of leadership. Bruce Dumont back on Beyond the Beltway. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. And uh, we continue in studio uh, with Stephanie Hitt and Derek Addis. And we are now joined uh, via Zoom by Mark Curran. Mark Curran uh, is the Republican candidate for the United States Senate against Dick Durbin, uh, who's the number three man in the United States Senate. And uh, Mark Curran has been a longtime fixture in Lake County politics. That's just north of the Chicago area. And he was the longtime uh, sheriff of that county. Mark Curran, welcome to Beyond the Beltway. Nice to have you with us. Thank you, Bruce. You've got a tough race, and my question is, uh, when you and your uh, political team were, were looking at the tea leaves at the early part of this campaign, you knew you were going to be in a tough campaign. What was it about Dick Durbin or his record that made you think you could knock him off this year? 
you know, Dick Durbin, is, as you said, he's been there forever, 38 years, 24 in the Senate. And, you know, it just seemed like nobody's really hit him that hard. And I, I thought that, you know, if I get the chance to really go after him, that uh, we'll be able to expose that he, he's really been bad for both America and Illinois. You look at um, Dick Durbin has voted for more than two dozen debt ceiling increases, thousands of tax increases. You know, you look at Social Security, Bruce, I mean, they're saying 10, 12 years, that's it. That's all that's left. Uh, Medicare unfunded, Medicaid unfunded, $26 trillion in debt. But whenever there, whenever there is an issue, um, someone will stick a microphone in his face and he will come up with an idea. He will try to come up with a solution to whatever the problem is. He will never talk about how much it's going to cost. Uh, the news media never follows through whether he does anything other than have the first press conference. But at least he he pretends and, and creates an image that he cares about people. Do you agree with that assessment? No, absolutely. Uh, he's he's very good at that, um, that uh, – he portrays himself as somebody that, that's, you know, even-handed and that uh, level-headed, and that he's he's going to give your ideas some thought. And the reality is, he, he's a far-left partisan, Bruce. I, I I look at Dick Durbin, and, and to be honest with you, I, I really don't know that he has any beliefs. I don't know that that he has any core. Uh, Dick Durbin is all about power. He's number two in the U.S. Senate, and he will do anything and say anything to keep that spot. And that's. That's Dick Durbin, and I think that's why, you know, the left, the far left, they're screaming, you know, that he's he's not there. But then, you know, he does nothing for Illinois as well. What what has been his his most egregious vote against the people of Illinois? Oh gosh, I mean, so you look at, I mean, he's somebody that we come from a labor state. I mean, he's somebody that embraced NAFTA. You know, I know that was a long time ago, but he voted uh, in giving the Chinese breaks on, on tariffs. I mean, obviously that wasn't, wasn't good for uh, the working class. That's part of the problem that we're facing. I'm running as a, as a middle-class guy, Bruce, and Dick Durbin has been an enemy to the, the middle-class. So giving China all these breaks and they flooded our markets with their goods. If you talk to blacks, you know, it, it would be that uh, crime bill that, um, that he, he worked through the Senate and it led to the, the real high penalties for drug offenses in um, throughout the country and a lot of blacks were locked up forever and ever as a result of that. So, I mean, you go down the list, there's all kinds of bad votes, but, uh, you know, essentially a lot of it is what he hasn't done. And by being number two in the Senate, he's basically his audience and the people he's most concerned with are, are the other uh, Democrats in the U S Senate. He blocked a clean coal plant to Southern Illinois where they desperately need jobs my backyard in Zion, Illinois, we had a deal to take the nuclear waste and send it to Nevada. Harry Reid didn't want that. Right. So it's really Dick Durbin, you know, in order to maintain that spot that he really wants, but, that number two spot, U.S. Senate, that's his But audience. when you, uh, when the when the 94 uh, ta- um, crime bill came out, uh, were you in law enforcement at that time? Sure. Did you, did you think that was a good bill at the time, like many other Republicans, Democrats, and even members of the Black Caucus. So, Bruce, I'm a complex guy, as you know. I mean, I'm the guy that uh, has led the charge on immigration reform and, and everything else and come from a blue county, so you can't you can't be far right. 
So I, I'm the guy that spent a week in his own jail highlighting voluntarily as sheriff to highlight the fact that we need second chances and the, the modern day scarlet letters being pegged as, as an ex-con. I read Tip O'Neill's book. I mean, essentially they did it for political purposes alone that uh, um, they, they, they saw the crime pulled well and they, the Democrats wanted to show that they were tough on crime. So they pushed through you know, these measures without really any thought to, to what it would do to the, these people and, and the fact that they're, you know, they're human beings and they, they shouldn't be used as a political ploy. So do you think that the politicians on both sides in 1994 uh, made a made a mistake by uh, getting tough on crime then? Well, no question that, you know, all these locking people up for life sentences and close to life sentences on drug offenses was not right. That's not something that I ever would have supported. I mean, would you I, agree I was, that that was pretty much a Republican position at that point? No, not really. I mean, like I said, Tip O'Neill was the speaker. They rammed it through the, well, he was gone as speaker by then. I'm sorry. But uh, I'd have to look at what, what the breakdown in terms of the House and Senate and who the leadership was. But And what is your uh, position now on, uh, on illegal immigration? Because uh, you said that you were a leader for uh, legal information or legal information. Uh, uh, immigration and reform, uh, there are there are some of those who are from Illinois who are on the right side. Uh, they would say that you were a, a, a mushy moderate uh, sheriff as, of Lake County when it came to uh, the issue of illegal immigrants. But right. I mean, I'm somebody that lives them. in the real world, Bruce. Ultimately, if we want uh, border security and we want increased funding for ICE and Border Patrol and FBI, and we're going to have to come to the table on, on the people that are have been here for a long period of time and that are undocumented. It's an absolute reality. So President Trump is deporting far less people than President Obama or President Bush. Congress writes the check. They're not going to write him a big check for a wall if we're not doing something regarding this, this long term, the status of people that have been here for a long period of time. Do you believe that you know, as, far as, the, as far as the DACA uh, population is concerned, uh, what would you like to see? How would you like to see that play out? Because if you uh, were elected, uh, you know, finishing the, the DACA story would probably be on your plate. Right. Absolutely. I'm, I'm in favor of, you know, permanent status for uh, dreamers and, and, DACA, people that qualify under DACA as well, absolutely. What about uh, those uh, parents of the DACA uh, population? Should they be punished? Should they pay some price for breaking the law many years ago? Yeah, I mean, they, they should pay some penalty, sure. But um, by the same token, we don't want to break up families. I mean, that's, I don't think that that's right either. So you, for, so you know, think decades that, you, you think that the Trump administration was wrong in that particular point? You know, I, I think it, a lot of it, is, it was his posturing that uh, trying to gain leverage. I mean, in all honesty, you know, there were 17 candidates in the Republican primary four years ago, and and he ran on on the uh, strength on immigration. And, and Mark, I've got to interrupt I've, you uh, right now. We're going to break, and then we'll be back with Mark Curran. Don't go away. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. 
clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. A few years ago, Steve Faircow's lungs were failing. I don't think I had more than a couple weeks to live. That's when Steve received a lung transplant made possible by an organ donor. Now Steve can do things he never imagined, like climbing 94 floors to the top of a skyscraper. I never knew that breathing could feel this good. It's an incredible gift. What could you make possible as an organ, eye, and tissue donor? Leave behind the gift of life. Go to organdonor.gov, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Bruce Dumont back, and uh, our in-studio guest, uh, Stephanie Hitt, who's a Republican. Uh, Mark, she's got a question for you, so go ahead, Stephanie. All right. You know, Mark, I want to just—I want to change things just a little bit, um, because we all know that this election, one of the things that hangs in the balance is control of the Senate, and there's a lot of tight races around the country. Um, so I, I would be interested in what you think uh, the effect of— the nomination of Amy Coney Barrett has on that as well and your position on that. And what what are your thoughts in terms of Durbin and his willingness to go along with a counter to that, the threats of if if the Senate sees through Amy Coney Barrett, then the Senate, should Democrats control, want to pack the Supreme Court, eliminate the filibuster, add states and possibly move to a change electoral college? I mean, basically. OK, let's let him respond. Yeah. Right. So, so, Stephanie, I would, if I was in the U.S. Senate, I'd vote for Amy Coney Barrett tomorrow. I knew, I know of her. Charles Rice, who was a longtime Notre Dame Law School professor, oh, yes. was a friend and mentor of mine. So I knew of her through him. Uh, she's going to be a great justice. And yeah. I think that absolutely I'd vote for her tomorrow. Um, Durbin, you know, Dick Durbin, he ran. This is why uh, what I was saying earlier, that he really doesn't believe in anything. He has no core. He ran as a pro-life, pro-Second Amendment. Democrat from Springfield, you know, a million years ago. And as the party moved to the left, he moved to the left. And ultimately now, you know, you could tell this from his questioning of, of nominees, whether they're for lower courts or for the Supreme court that he wants, he believes in America where you can be faithful to a religion or you can make a living, but you can't, you can't be bold. And that's, you know, Amy Coney Barrett, are you, an Orthodox Catholic, meaning do you believe what the Catholic Church teaches? Uh, Dick Durbin thinks, you know, and Dick Durbin's supposed to be a Catholic. He thinks that you can't believe what the church teaches in order to be on the high court. And it's just wrong. I mean, our, the Catholic uh, teachings of the Catholic Church are consistent with natural law, which is what the uh, founders wrote in the Declaration of Independence. Now, our rights are based on natural law. Mark, you, you are a devout Roman Catholic. Is that correct? Bruce, I am a horrible human being that l- relies on his faith to try to get through the day. <laughs> so, I, I mean, mean, you know, it, it, we're, it, we're wretched, but does that I don't your... like. No, but in our, but in, in the conversations that we've had over the years and when you've been a guest. Yeah, no, I, program, I believe what I mean, the church teaches. You, you believe, you believe in, in many of the things that Joe Biden finds in the Catholic church, which is compassion, keeping families together. I mean, from a uh, theoretical and theological way, would you feel comfortable with 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 Joe Biden, or is it only his position yeah. on on pro life that uh, you split with him? So you know, I spent a lot of time with Joe Biden, and everything that 
on immigration. You know, he flew me to the White House. And when he would come to Lake County, that we would um, handle the security for him. He's a super charming guy, but he's terrible. He's the same as Durbin. He really has no core. He has nothing he believes in. It's a moving target. And, you know, our liberty is, is going by the wayside. I mean, this is why socialism is uh, such a threat and the Bill of Rights, they seem to mean nothing anymore. And there's really very little between Dick Durbin and Joe Biden. The career politicians kick the can down the road, say or do whatever they need to to stay in power. And that's that's kind of frightening. Uh, Derek Addis, who is a progressive, he is here. He is a Bernie Sanders Johnny come lately to Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah. So, Mark, I have a question for you. You mentioned sure. about the DACA parents. Um, so you said that there has to be some form of penalty or something. So what is it? What is, what, what do you want it to be? Well, I mean, they talked. there's been different proposals with, with fines and, and, you know, um, some type of permanent status that would go with that. I, I mean, there's all kinds of ideas out there. And well, What is your idea? What would my idea yes, be? Yes, what, what would you propose? The parents, I wouldn't want to send them to, I wouldn't want to break up the family. If I if I believe in a nuclear family, a, a mother and a sure. father, that ideally that's the best way to sure. raise children, then I'm not going to want to put the father on a plane and send him to some place he has no Sure, so what's the penalty? Is it, is it monetary? Well, he, is it yeah, public I, service? I mean, like what that's is it? the purpose of negotiation. I mean, ultimately, um, the bill that failed in 2013 was, you know, a thousand pages. I mean, these bills are big and, you know, you'd have to see where the other side's at. I mean, what do you want me to throw a number out there? $750, five grand, I, you know, whatever. I mean, what's reasonable? Sure. Well, again, I, I don't know. You're, you're, you're the one running for office, sir, not me. Well, so. it's not, that, but then, then once again, legislation is, is meeting people oftentimes. Sure. It's not, you know, that it's not going to be the current uh, bill right off the bat. And it's, and if it is, it's certainly not going to be without taking input from others. What would be your plan to provide additional uh, stimulus support uh, if if the current Senate doesn't get that done? Uh, the new Senate that you'd like to be part of may still be addressing stimulus packages. I mean, how, how much more can the federal government print and give to people uh, to solve this economic issue that's tied to COVID nineteen? No, you're exactly right, Bruce. So the, the problem is when you get a guy like Durbin or Biden that never had a real job, they've sat and uh, sucked off the government all these years, that they're disconnected from how hard it is to make a payroll and how hard it is to you know, pay a mortgage. I, I think that we got to get back to open as soon as possible and businesses that can need to open. J.B. Pritzker's got $4 billion. You think he understands what it's like to run uh, McNally's or Riley's or uh, Bourbon Street on the south side. He has no. He has no clue how bad pl- those places are hurting, and so many of them are going to go under. That's what people don't realize. Whether it's Biden or Trump, this Chicago economy is going to be in so much trouble come uh, January. And I got news for you: even the Democrats in the Senate aren't going to want to bail out of Illinois. So this poor leadership of voting only for Democrats has really destroyed the state. As a longtime member of law enforcement, um, what? What message would you send to members of law enforcement as to if they have any responsibility at all to address some of the concerns that have been brought up by Black Lives Matter? Or is Black Lives Matter just out there to gain publicity and support for themselves, but they don't really have a legislative agenda? Yeah, I mean, this is why this is the difference between me and 
Dick Durbin, uh, Bruce, is, is essentially a lot of this is gray, and I'm not going to just, you know, lie and take a partisan approach. I mean, you look at Chicago Police Department, you know, the, the union uh, elevates to, to, the, to the highest position, their uh, FOP president, a guy who's been suspended six times. I mean, when I had a guy that was suspended three times, I sought termination on him. I can't think of any exceptions. 40 disciplinary files. So we're like this, but the reality is I've written so many things on, on this subject, Bruce. I wrote uh, recently, it was in Real Clear Politics. Here's the reality. You have a big city mayor picks a superintendent or a police a chief, chief police, whatever they, uh, police, chief of police, whatever they call it. And then puts their thumb on, on that, uh, that police boss. And so you have Lori Lightfoot, who's got 14 uniformed Chicago police officers out in front of her home in Sauganash. And you know, Sauganash is a really nice neighborhood. And there's parts on I thought the she uh, lived south. In, I thought she lived in Logan Square. She's in Logan Square. I no, she I think moving. she moved. Yeah. Look it up. She moved. Uh, and so I mean, um, That's news to me. They were just out there so, a few weeks so, ago in front of her house. Yeah. Yeah. In any event, I was at her old house and I was told she moved to Sauganash. But there, anyways, she has all these police officers out there. That's the real point. And then we don't have police officers on the south side. Then you have police that have been trained for these riot situations, and they're being told to stand down. So that violates their training. That violates their oath. You know, it's so distasteful for them to sit you're by talking about the You're talking about the role of the police after there's been some disturbance. I'm talking about the situation like we saw in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where, where the whole world watched a video of what they believe or many believe uh, was just uh, a brutal activity on the part of trained police officers, allegedly trained police officers. What do you say about yeah, those incidents? So, right. So the, what I say is that the police have a, have a really tough job, and the overwhelming ma majority of them do a great job, and they need our back. You know, we, we need to recognize them. For the bad guys, well, I mean, there's prosecutors around the country that probably haven't stepped up and indicted police officers when they should have been. You know, that doesn't do much in terms of confidence. Do you think that, the, Mark, do you think that it's it's uh, I used to be a cop in the military um, and I know it's a very tight knit group. But do you feel like it's incumbent upon the good officers to kind of point fingers at the bad officers and assist the prosecutors in right. weeding out these individuals? Right. So to your question, yes. I mean, I've, I've written about the code of silence and I know that uh, Chicago's had some superintendents that have denied that there's a code of silence. It's absolutely absurd. Of course, there's a code of silence. You know, they've been covering your back for all these years out on the street. And, you know, the, the, essentially there's a bond that's formed. So that's why I've recommended that you cannot have internal affairs handled by people within the agency. Hmm. If you want to have any credibility, it's got to be an outside entity that comes in and looks at, at the uh, complaints and, and what happened. Would you say that you're a moderate Republican? Um, so I, I don't know, you know, Bruce, I, I'm, as you said, I'm pro-life, but I, I'm complex in the sense that, um, you know, my faith drives a lot of it. So that's essentially, and I, I very much believe 1% of America has more wealth than the bottom 90%. So the reality is I love socialism. I have three boys, two in, you know, in one in graduate school, one in college and one in Catholic high school here. And they all want to go into business and we have to save business. 
but we're not going to save it if we don't address that. We, we've got to get the good paying jobs back here. I'm fighting for the middle class. And did you say you love socialism? I, 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 I heard that. I hate yeah. socialism. No, I, I, I love socialism. No, I, think oh. you said country, I thought he I said that love, so I was waiting for I that one. You, you said, hate it, right? You said you, said you loved socialism. Oh, I hate socialism, Bruce. There's nothing. <laughs> socialism is evil. It's okay. completely okay. evil. So okay. that, okay. Okay. that, that unfunded too. Medicare yeah, Medicaid okay. you spoke about, that's evil too, right? Yeah. That's what you're saying? Unfunded. Me- we've got to not- go. We've yeah, got to so go. Thanks program. very much, Mark Curry. Thank, thank you very much Sorry, for joining us tonight. Take care. Take care. Good luck. <laughs> safe, safe travels, and uh, we will invite uh, Dick uh, Durbin to join us. I, I bet he wishes he could. Every year, millions of Americans use opioids to manage pain. Pain can be unrelenting, overwhelming, and all-consuming. So why do so many of us try to manage pain only from the palm of our hands? Doctor-prescribed opioids are appropriate in some cases, but they just mask the pain. And reliance on opioids has led to the worst drug crisis in American history. That's why the CDC recommends safer alternatives, like physical therapy, to manage pain. Physical therapists treat pain through movement, hands-on care, and patient education. No warning labels required. And by increasing physical activity, you can also reduce your risk of other chronic diseases. Pain is personal, but treating pain takes teamwork. When it comes to your health, you have a choice. Choose more movement and better health. Choose physical therapy. Visit MoveForwardPT.com to find a physical therapist in your area. This message is brought to you by the American Physical Therapy Association. Are we back on the air? I guess we're a little bit late in getting back on the air, but here we are. Um, By the way, in the last segment, uh, (laughs) I heard what I heard, and because someone said, did Curran just say he loves socialism? And uh, Leanne Larson says, I heard that too. Uh, He misspoke. Glad he cleared that up. Uh, Tom Hagen writes, Freudian slip. And then there's ongoing... Comments that uh, this guy's going to get crushed. Anyway, uh, <laughs> by, the way, by the way, we, by the way, uh, as I said last week with uh, when we had Jeannie Ives on the program, we have invited Sean Caston, the Democratic candidate uh, incumbent, to be on this program. He has not responded to our inquiries thus far. And we will place an invitation to Dick Durbin to give him a half hour to talk about his campaign uh, between now and Election Day. And uh, I should also mention that uh, we had promoted the fact that uh, Corey Lewandowski was going to be on the program right. this evening. And unfortunately, uh, Corey is not able to be with us. We got a message this afternoon that uh, he was in contact with the president uh, in recent days. And so he is doing whatever he needs to do uh, to be tested. And uh, he is holding, uh, calling off all of his uh, public appearances this evening. So hopefully uh, we'll be able to get him back. Because uh, he was supposed to be a guest this evening, so we will we'll make that effort. But we will make the effort to Dick Durbin because I will say that Dick Durbin over the years the pro's been on program's been on for forty years. Dick Durbin has been a guest on this program uh, many times in the past uh, when he was a member of Congress before he moved to the United States Senate. We did a great interview. I remember it from the nineteen ninety two a Democratic convention. He walked about three blocks to come down to to, to be a guest on. Uh, uh, beyond the belt, what was called inside politics at the time. So we go back a long, long way. So hopefully Dick Durbin uh, will be able to join us some Sunday night and he'll present uh, the case uh, for himself. 
uh, speaking about presenting a case for themselves, uh, we have a longtime listener to this program, uh, Martha Music, who lives in the Sarasota area, and she contacted me a few weeks ago, and she said, you've got to have, I'm going to give you a suggestion, you've got to have Steve and Alicia Vernon on the show. They are so pro-Trump, and they're, they're the... They're the quintessential political couple. They love they love to talk about politics. They love to talk about Trump. So I reached out, and uh, I was able to touch base with uh, Steve and uh, Alicia. So Steve and Alicia uh, Vernon, thank you very much for joining us on Beyond the Beltway tonight. Thanks for having us. Pleasure. Uh, you know what? I was watching just a few moments ago when uh, when you were setting up, uh, when we were testing the line, and, and you had the ocean, and you had – palm trees in the back. And I thought, oh, well, this is going to be quite an interview. You obviously have a wonderful home or condo there, but I was expecting some palm trees. But you look, you look Floridian. Well, good. <laughs> All right. that, well, let's, good let's, 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 let's cut to the chase because we do know that uh, your neck of the woods in Florida is going to be a, a, a tight race. Uh, every couple of days, uh, the updates, uh, somebody's ahead, somebody's behind. The last thing I saw was Biden maybe surging there. What has been the reaction? And try to be as candid as you possibly can. Uh, what's been the reaction to your friends in Florida after the debate and now after the president has come down with COVID-19? Is there any loss of enthusiasm at all? Oh, no, no. way. <laughs> Just yesterday, uh, we went uh to GOP headquarters in our county mm -hmm. and we were doing door to door. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there were oh, a few dozen people and we gathered uh, what they call walk books and went out. We came back and then we saw a parade, what they call a Trump caravan. Trump train. Mm -hmm. Trump train. Yeah. And okay. these were cars that came from Anna Maria Island and they drove down Manatee Avenue, five miles of long, honking, and Trump, er, everything Trump. Flags. They had flags and posters, Horns. and they're they're Music. just. I mean, it was unbelievable. Five miles long. Okay, how so, do you how do you feel about what some of your colleagues and neighbors are probably saying now? is that, uh, you know, what happened to the president, uh, they may not wish ill to the president. Some might, but most probably don't. But uh, they say, you know what, uh, the guy brought it on himself. Why doesn't he just do something simple and wear a mask? We are so anti-mask. Yeah. We think this whole mask thing is total garbage. Fake science. We do not believe in it. Uh, we we. Try not to wear a mask anywhere, uh, but if we want to go in a place and they say you have to wear a mask, we wear a mask. But otherwise, we don't wear masks. So I have a question for you guys. So is the president, like, is he actually infected with, with coronavirus or what is it that's happening right now? I, I guess he is infected okay. with coronavirus. That, you know, that happens no so, matter where you are. Okay, so My you, mom was yeah. is 91. She had coronavirus, pot six positive tests sure. for three solid weeks twice a week she was tested sure. she never had a symptom she's fine yeah but i mean not everyone is that person humans are well, you know we're, we're yeah, physiologically that, here, different in uh, some the ways the point is this the odds are so infinitesimal 
that you will die. Sure. Uh, it's ridiculous. Well, I mean, and, say that to the you know hundreds of thousands of people that have died from it. Well, wait, now hold on. Let's right? let's be clear. What did they die from? They didn't die from uh, COVID nineteen. Sure. They died from what they call comorbidities. So they essentially, the government was paying people, hospitals and so forth, to report when somebody had COVID-19. There were instances where a guy was in a motorcycle accident and they brought him into the emergency room and they're working on the guy. And one of the tests they do is for COVID-19. And he died in the operating room because of head injuries. Mm -hmm. Now, did he die of COVID-19? No. Did he die with COVID-19? Sure. Yes. Sure. So, so, here, so that's here's the thing. That's a 200,000 some deaths. Yeah. And, and you know what? I, and I hear you. I hear you. But the reality is that uh, refrigerated trailers were moved into many cities in the United States to collect bodies. And that never happens. So the reality is that this virus came and, and, and killed a lot of people, whether the actual cause of death, you know, in your, in your definition was COVID. The reality is that COVID killed a lot more people than, than we had last year or killed. 10 years prior or whatever. Yeah, but also, but if you, yeah. by, by the way, I don't want to spend the whole sure. time talking about it, but, but isn't part of it also if you're over 70? I mean, that is a, I, I guess that's a, that's a factor. And, yes. you know, yeah. I don't know yes. whether you're over 70, sure. but, you know, you yes. could be pushing close. Yeah. Sure. Well, you well, know, have, now, do, 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 do your friends, do they wear masks? Some do, some don't. Okay. And the ones that do, we have no problem with that. If you want to wear a mask, that's up to you individually. What is we the uh, individual freedom? I want to go on to some other things. And by the way, 1-800-723-8289 is the phone number. We'll take some calls in just a moment. But let me ask this. What is the what is the one single issue that that has turned you on to Donald Trump to the degree that you're turned on? And I'm going to ask uh, Alicia to tackle this one. I think he's the best president since George Washington. Why? Uh, well, first of all. Um, the moving the the, uh, the embassy to, to Jerusalem. He nobody talked about this, but I heard the other day that he allowed the Cubans to sue the Cuban government for the first time since the 1950s when it originally happened. And every president before Trump said, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'll let you Cubans sue the Cuban government in a minute. Uh, as soon as I become president, just vote for me, and I will take care of it." And Trump is the only one that was good on his promise. And that's just one incident. Um, he was the only president to attend the pro-life rally. Yeah, He's yeah. the only president to declare um, on the day, he just declared uh, God's, um, what was a day of praying, atonement, atonement, atonement. on the yeah. biggest Jewish holiday of the Yom year, Kippur. Yom Kippur. He joined in and declaring it at a very holy day, which was okay. beautiful. Uh, Derek, Derek Addis has a question for you. Yeah, Derek, uh, just and I'm asking, you're, I, you guys are pro-life. Yes. So are you guys? Because you mentioned the the embassy being moved, and uh, yes. are you pro-Palestinian life? Yeah, we're pro every life. Yeah. Sure. So you know that the ramifications of moving that embassy and what that adds to the turmoil that's in that region, right? I mean, 
I personally don't think that that was the best thing. Turmoil is going to be the same no matter what. The Palestinians don't want peace. They're just finding every excuse. I'm a a Palestinian. I, I want peace. Oh, that's oh, yeah, yeah. Under what circumstances, though, yeah. do you want peace? They never want peace. The, sure. the destruction of Israel? Uh, let's let's, uh, sure. let's let all the... Think about uh, the peace treaty. Alisa, sure. Alisa, let's let, let's let Derek respond. He's identified himself. Yeah, he is a Palestinian, so let's... So, yeah, uh, my, my family, my father's uh, Palestinian, and, you know, I, again, I'm not going to... Like, there's a lot of nuances in that region that, as Americans, we're not actually privy to, right? We We get this news that we get through the media, but we're not actually there behind the walls. We're not actually there um, watching water being, uh, you know, constricted and constrained as far as free flowing. We're not the ones that have to go through Israeli checkpoints just trying to go around the town. We're not the ones who have no freedom of mobility. And as an American who enjoys liberty and the freedom of movement, but also as someone who's Palestinian, they don't, you know? All right, Steve and Alicia, uh, I want to thank you very much for being with us. Uh, We wanted to reach out and get some real people from uh, real Florida on. Thanks for joining us tonight. We will be reaching out. By the way, we should mention that we asked Democrats, uh, the regular organized Democrats from Sarasota County, to be on with you, and they refused. They said that we will not go on with Steve and Alicia Vernon. So... That's for the record as well. I'm Bruce Dumont. Thanks for joining us tonight. Back shortly. We are strong. We are resilient. And we will get through this together. But these are stressful times. And it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid. But there is hope. Reach out to someone. Connect with your friends. Stay in touch with your community. And know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Chris Domine is a husband, father, an athlete, even an Iron Man. But 10 years ago, Chris's kidneys were failing. The doctor said, if you don't get a kidney transplant, you are going to die. Chris received a second chance, made possible by an organ donor. Your well-being changes from loss of hope to better times ahead. What could you make possible as an organ, eye, and tissue donor? Leave behind the gift of life. Go to organdonor.gov, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Bruce Dumont back for segment number eight. That's our last one for tonight. And by the way, let me just mention that uh, if you're listening around the country or watching around the country, because it was it was kind of fun to watch as well, and uh, if you don't know what we mean when I say watch, I mean we're on the Internet uh, we're at Beyond the Beltway, uh, Beyond the Beltway with Bruce Dumont on, on Facebook and also on YouTube. So you can find the, find the video version, and you can also find it at BeyondTheBeltway.com. But uh, if you're around the country and you're a regular listener, maybe you and your wife or husband are regular listeners to this show, and you would like to be on, and got to be Democrats. <sighs> And we're going to do another. We'll do another segment with two with husband and wife Democrats, and they can respond like a Steve and Alicia Vernon. Well, they have to be as fun too. Well, I don't know. I mean, (laughs) Steve and Alicia seem like they seem like. If if you send, if you asked Central Casting, send me a fun couple from Florida. uh, They would be Steve and Alicia. Right. So anyway, if you if you'd like to do that, just to send me a note uh, at go go to the Facebook page and, and leave a message. And uh, we'd love to have you on. You could be literally. We'll 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 do the whole Zoom thing right from your 
living room or patio, or we won't do it from your restroom, but we'll uh, do it from wherever, <laughs> from the hot tub. <laughs> do it from the hot tub. Oh, yeah. We used to have a regular listener that used to do it from, he used to listen every Sunday night from his hot tub, from his hot tub. in Youngstown. That was long before yeah. Zoom, so maybe we'll find some interesting uh, guests to join us. Yeah. But again, the open invitation. We're trying to present all sides here, and let's go to Joy. She's listening to us in Spokane, Washington. Go ahead, Joy. Hi, I'm a lifelong Democrat, Um, and so a couple things. One is I don't want to insult anyone by this question, Um, and two, I am a lifelong Democrat, and so even policy-wise, I would not be supporting what President Trump is doing um, for the most part. And then after hearing the last couple— I can't bring on a husband, but um, I have two ex-husbands, but I don't know if they do. <laughs> well, that's another that'll dynamic. be an interesting we show. <laughs> we could do three guests, but go ahead. I'm feeling this is a little marital, marital status issues. I don't know what the word would be. <laughs> <laughs> Sexist, but um, I just, I really, truly do not understand how serious... <laughs> I know I'm going to be insulting, but serious, smart, moralistic Republicans support Trump. I just, it really, I really, it really, I struggle with this so much. Um, I have relatives who are Republicans, and they cannot stand Trump. They're just your middle, middle America, average people. And they just religious um, people to some aren't, and they just say, "I can't, I can't take this man. I cannot support okay. him." All right, Joy, I, uh, Joy, please. stand by, stand by, because I'm going to ask Stephanie Hitt, who I think uh, you you have described well, uh, respond to your question. So go ahead. Uh, you know, I'm going to try to keep this um, short. No, <laughs> short, because I, I do Sorry. get this question a lot. You know, I went to a very elite Eastern college. I, you know, I went to uh, law school. I worked in New York City. I've lived on the East Coast. So in many ways, I, I, I should be a Democrat in some of these ways, right? Um, you know, I've been enlightened. And I will tell you this, And I'm a, but I'm also a person of faith. I'm a very devout Catholic. Um and I will tell you this, that at the end of the day, if you want me to boil it down very simply, I see um, the direction that the Democrats have gone since, you know, before Reagan. And it is it has gone to a more socialist status control of things as as an American. I've always believed that we are a country that believes in personal freedom, personal accountability, personal responsibility and and very limited government and i don't i don't want to live in a world where my life and my thoughts um and what i can say um are controlled uh, the, but that said i think one of the things that we're seeing on the line in this particular election is in fact we have a very imperfect man i'll be the first to admit that that trump is not a perfect man but you know let's look back at the bible and, uh, you know, God doesn't choose perfect people. He chooses the right, the perfect person for the time. And there are a lot of people that say that, 
what we need today for people who believe in protecting religious freedom, who believe in protecting limited government, who believe in, um, you know, the Constitution and and what our founders truly believed in, um, that he's the one person that's out there willing to fight for those values. Um, and that's really important for people to understand that we Trump laid this out in the debate, if you could listen through the noise, and that is we are facing two very, very different paths for this country. And one is one that involves risk and per, but personal choice in that risk. And we decide or are we going to be a country that cedes our freedom yeah. for, you know, some modicum, small version of okay. science or security? Yeah. Go, go ahead, Derek. Yeah, so I, I have a question for you yeah. uh, because, you know, I don't have children, um, but I remember as a child watching. What would you tell a child that watched the debate when the president is acting essentially like a child? How do well, you explain that to them? It, the uh, Exactly what I just said. You know, I've raised my children to believe that you have to parse through, mm-hmm. listen to what's being said. Mm-hmm. One of the things that uh, is really coming out through this is that Trump is a fighter. Or that I you can sat, be a child. I have sat yeah. since Ronald Reagan. I have this, sat and watched. We're almost out of time. We're almost wouldn't out, fight for the things we're, I believe in. We're almost in. out of time. Joy, thanks very much. Yeah. And Stephanie and Derek, thanks very much. Yeah. But one thing, quick answer to your question, uh, based on my upbringing. Yeah. If I ever heard the word shut up, I would get slapped. That's what we're focusing on? That the, one part? The, the word shut if up. anyone called the pe- president a clown. Pe- to people of my generation. Sure. From a parent, sure. you would never but say. What shut about up. agreeing to rules of a debate and no then one, talking to no the whole thing? And the other guy. Clown. Never came up to a thirteen-year-old. I mean, I'm Bruce Dumont. See you next week. What is hope? Hope to me was just that he would get to come home. I had no idea how hard it would be once he got back. I wish she'd stop drinking so much. She thinks it's helping, but it's not. I hope she sees that soon. I act like I don't care if he comes to my games, but I hope he does. I used to hope he'd find happiness again. Now I hope. Our marriage makes it. I hope Grandpa will get help. He thinks it's too late, but it's not. With everything that he's going through, I hope he sees a counselor. I just want my brother back. I hoped he'd get help. Stop hoping things would get better on their own. He told me to stop asking. I didn't. Then one day he asked for a ride. Hope is knowing there are other families just like yours that the veterans they love got help and recovered. Go to maketheconnection.net and turn hope into action. Matt always knew he wanted to be a doctor. That's why he makes the most of every day. To study before breakfast. To work hard. To do whatever was necessary to achieve his goal. He found an answer in the military. If you have a passion, a vision for your future in any field, todaysmilitary.com can be your path to a fulfilling career. You have a calling. We have an answer. Find your way at todaysmilitary.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. 
My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career I can be proud of and supporting my family. America's veterans are on their most important tour, the tour of their lives. I'm a veteran. My victory was going from homeless to home. At DAV, we're on a mission to help veterans get the benefits they've earned. I'm a veteran, and my victory was finishing my education. DAV offers veterans of all generations a lifetime of support for victories great and small. My victory was proving that a disability is not a limitation. My victory was getting my service dog a new best friend. We help more than a million veterans every year as they face and conquer their challenges. My victory is being able to be there for my family. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Standing up for what's right. Helping out when things go wrong. Seeking the truth and speaking our minds. Not just making records, but breaking them. Leading the way behind the camera, beyond the runway, and on the silver screen. Not just making our mark, but making a difference. Now that's a job for a Girl Scout. Girl Scouts, preparing girls for a lifetime of leadership.